This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. I believe God will use this for His purpose, that He's going to speak to you today. God's going to use what I, what I bring to change your world. Amen? Will you believe that with me, yeah? Because it's not about me. I was reading uh, 1 Corinthians this week in my quiet time, and Paul writes, it's not with eloquence and superior language and stuff. He just preached the message of Jesus, and the message of Jesus changed his heart. So in all my weakness and my stumbling and my talking too fast and my dropping ings and putting um, words together and saying things wrong, just ignore all that and hear the message of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, what, we've, what we've had so far, for this breakfast club, for the opportunity to worship, for the kids downstairs, for those in a rise. Father, as we come to your word, as I bring this message, Father, speak to us. We're here today, God. Here I am. God, speak to me today. Make that your prayer this morning. Father, anoint me for this task. Remind me. Give me what I need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, back in the 1980s, anyone remember the 1980s? Thanks, Blake. First one of our, here I go. Back in the 1980s, my our family had a glance, a Mitsubishi glance. Anyone else have a Mitsubishi, a Mitsubishi glance? Harvey had a Mitsubishi glance. Well, back in the 80s, mum and dad and used to pack our three kids, her, her, their three kids, me, my brother Kurt, and my sister Ange, in, in a car and my grandmother. So there were six of us. In this little car, back in the old days, you didn't have to worry about seatbelts and like sitting on laps. So grandma was in the back and we'd take turns sitting on grandma's lap in the back seat. And we used to travel north on holidays. The good old days? Who remembers the good old days? Yeah, yeah. We used to travel north and on and, um, one holiday, usually September, October holidays, something like that. We're heading north out of Sydney on a holiday. And for some reason, we had to stop. So we had to pull over off the road onto a dirt patch. Now, the problem with the dirt patch is that it was a day like today, and the water was everywhere, and the car, as we drove on, sunk. And I remember getting out of the car and seeing Dad going into the bushes to find trees and logs and stuff to stick under the tyres to try and get this car out because we were bogged. No matter what we tried, couldn't get it out, and eventually, 15 minutes later, this person turned up with a four-wheel drive. Who were the four-wheel drive drivers? Yeah, praise God for you four-wheel drivers. Pulled up, chained us up, and dragged us out, and away we went. Cool story? Cool story. Last week was our Vision Sunday, and, and we spoke about why we exist as a church, and that is to see people live in freedom and fulfill the purpose that God has for their lives. That's why we're here. And just like my parents' glant got bogged, we all get bogged in life. We all get stuck. We get stuck in habits. We can get stuck in overeating. We can get stuck not knowing our next step. We can get stuck being unsure about what the future holds. We can get stuck in unforgiveness. We can get stuck in pain. We can get stuck in relationship difficulty. And the list goes on where we can get stuck. Jesus doesn't want us to stay stuck. He wants us to be free. He wants us to fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives. And that's why we're here to help me, to help you do that, to live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has. Now, that's a cool vision, and if we're all deliberate about that, lives are going to be changed, 
God's going to do a great thing in our lives. But what we want to do this year is talk about the how. How do we live in freedom? How do we live in purpose? And so today, we're going to start a three-week series entitled Connected, Connected to God. Because the best way to find freedom is, that when, is, is when God touches your life and breaks those chains. The best way to find out your purpose is, is that when God speaks to you, when he reveals your next step, like Jackie, Jackie shared last week so beautifully in a testimony, after the passing of her husband, she was thinking about trying to redefine herself, and God spoke to her clearly about her purpose, that, she's to be a, that she is a child of God and that she's to be a child of God. That's beautiful. That's what happens when we connect with God. Lives are changed. And throughout my life, I've had event after event, story after story, where God has met me. God has spoken to me, and he set me up for the future. He has set me free from stuff. It is a lifelong journey, and my hope is that we can all go on that. So as Christians, as people who are followers of Jesus, and if you're here this morning and you have not yet made that decision to follow Jesus, that's cool. You're very welcome here. We want to help you in that. We want to help you find out more about Jesus. And as um, Andrew said before, if you want to find out more, head out to the Start Here desk, and we can help you with that. But, but um, as you talk to Christians, and if you are a Christian this morning, you will know that people connect with God in different ways. Some people connect with God through music. They put on worship music and they have these incredible experiences where God speaks and ministers. Other people connect with God through nature. They go in the bush and they pray and they think about God and they have this, all these gooey feelings of, oh God, you're great, I love you. This is fabulous. Who are, the, who, are, who are the nature people in the room? One nature, any other nature? Two nature, three nature, four. Who are the people who are into the worship music thing? We're, oh, a few more of them, worship music thing. Um, we're going to talk about the importance of praise next week. Um, there are other people who connect to God through prayer. Who are the people that just pray and they feel really connected to God? Who are those people? Lift up your hand. How about those who, who feel connected to God when they are in relationship with other Christians? That when you're hanging out with other Christians, that's when you feel closest to God. Hands up. Well, lots of those people as well. Great. How about serving people? How many people feel connected to God by serving others, by making a difference? Yeah. How about, the, how about, and this is the last one, and this is where we're going to land today. How many people feel connected to God by being in the Word? By in the, when you read the Scriptures, that's the way that God speaks to you, yeah? Excellent. Well, friends, that's the one I want to focus on today. I want to focus on what it means for us to be people of the Word, people who are focused, who, people who connect to God when we open the words of the Scriptures. When we, when we open the Bible, which is God's message to us, when we open it, you know, that is a key way, uh, key way, a huge priority, you know, from God's perspective, that we are people of the Word. Because the Word, friends, is God's words to us. You know, it's, if we actually think about the Bible, and, and if, you had the, if you had the Bible in your life for many years, you know, it's so easy to take it for granted, it really is. But if you actually think about what it is, it is remarkable that that the, that the God of the universe, the one who created all things, who sustains it, who makes sure that the earth continues to spin and we don't all fall off, who organises the sun to be the exact distance from the earth so we don't cook or don't freeze, the one who set up the tree so we can breathe, and the, he, just, 
the, the, the most incredible creator chooses to communicate with me and you. And the main way, hear this, the main way God communicates with us is through his word, through the Bible. That's the main way he communicates. And God used uh, about 40 people over a period of 1,500 years to communicate his message to us. And as you read it, the Bible is incredible. The Bible reveals to us who God is. It reveals to us who we are. I heard someone say once, that the Bible reveals not only God, but reveals us to us, because the Bible tells us most clearly who we are, because we regularly can't see it, but the Bible's clear and tells us who we are. It tells us how we are to interact with one another. It tells us how to relate to God. The Bible says in Hebrews that the Word of God is living and active. Last night at 6 o'clock, the YouVersion app, Sends me a text message. Who gets that? Every six o'clock every night. And guess what it was last night for me? Is it does everyone get the same? Everyone, what was last night's one? The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And I went, Lord, I'm preaching this tomorrow. How cool is that? The God's word is alive because it is spoken by his spirit. And as we come to his word, ask, and this is so important, asking God to speak to us. He reveals his truth to us. Now, I've, I've spoken to many unbelievers who say, I read the scriptures, it doesn't make any sense. That's because you need the Spirit of God to help you understand it because it's the word of the Spirit. So as you come to the scriptures, we must pray, God, reveal your word to us today. Hence, we pray before any message. God, speak to us, reveal your truth to us today because we want to understand what God's word is. It is remarkable and it is powerful. Just after Christmas, Mark Boomer preached here and at Preston's, and he showed you this, this video. It's two minutes long, and I want to show it to you again because it's remarkable. When you watch it and you go, wow, go to our LifeGate Padstow Facebook page. It's there. You can watch it again. You can share it with your friends. It is remarkable. In the US, they, they did a study of 80,000 people about their Bible reading, and they, and, and they weren't looking for this. But what they found is that people who read the scriptures four times a week, it has a radical impact on their lives. Thanks, Mike. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80. And they just wanted to see how we are engaging with scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. They weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, When we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. But here was a profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. 
you would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow, Ang four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's Word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. That is amazing right there. Isn't that amazing? So in your, if you're in the Scriptures four times a week, something changes. Your life changes because you are giving God opportunity to transform you. Because the Word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides and cuts and opens and reveals and transforms. The more you connect to God, the more you get His Word in your heart, the more you become like Him. There's, a, there's an expression I love to say, you become like those you hang around. You've got to be careful who you hang around because you become like him. And if you hang out with God, you hang out with God through his word, guess what? You become more like him. And therefore, your life is radically, radically transformed. Incredible. Now, one of the things that we've been encouraging, we've been encouraging for everyone to do as a church is to get on the Version app. If you're not on it, you can download it right now. You go to the, the App Store or the Google Play, whatever the thing is called, and you can download it on your phone. And on it, it is, it is really, really helpful. It's, if it's, it's a, that's the icon. It's called the Version app. It's also called the Holy Bible app. And on it, are, there are a heap of plans. Plans around fear, love, relationships, anything you want to, anything you want to focus on. And pastors around the world have written um, five-day, seven-day. There's 365-day devotionals where you can... It's there for you, just tap, and it's free, by the way. You tap on it, and you've got a plan, and you can do a five-day thing. You can get other people to do it with you. It is an incredible, use, incredibly useful tool for you to be in the Word. But what I want to do today with you is, is an activity and something that, that I've been doing that has really helped me. Recently, um, for, for me personally, what I've been doing for lots of years is I read one chapter of the Bible a day. That could be, and I finish one book of the Bible and I say, God, what's next? And wherever he leads me, then I go to the next book and read one chapter a day. I've been reading through Isaiah, and I'm up to Isaiah 20-something, I'm up. Boring, over it, what's next, God? 1 Corinthians. That's real, let's get real, I'm over, it. over Isaiah, let's go to Corinthians. But, but recently, I've, I've been doing something different. What I've been doing, I've been using the, the uh, Uversion app. So I go to the Uversion app to the part of the Bible that I'm reading. And rather than reading it on the, bat, or on the app, I press play. And what happens is they read it to you. And not only do they read it to you, I actually open up the scriptures and I'm reading it as they're reading it. I'm reading it in, 
as I'm listening, thank you, as I'm listening to them reading. And, and, and it's just helped me heaps. It's helped me remember it more. They say it with different, like, punch, like, different accents and stuff, which put different accents on different words, and it helps me seeing things differently. And it's been a really, really good exercise. So this morning, we're going to do it. What we're going to do, we're going to turn to um, the book of 1 John. And I've put on top of that, whenever we read the Bible, we must ask God to speak to us. I don't know why I put a question mark there, but there's a question mark. So um, can we turn on the lights, please, Sarah, so everyone can see? What I want you to do, in, now I put one Bible or two Bibles on the edge of the row, because I thought some people may not have a Bible. I can see a few. But what I want you to do is grab a Bible. Thank you. Yeah, pass them around. There's a few more. Reese, can you pass yours back? Um, Andrew, can you help? There's another one here. I want you to go to the Bible, and if you haven't got the YouVersion app, just Google in the Google um, 1 John. Now, don't forget there's the Gospel of John. We're not looking at the Gospel, not Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's not that. It's at the end, the 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude and Revelation, that 1 John. It's five chapters long, and what I want you to do is I want you to follow it through. We're looking at the NIV, by the way. If you want to follow it in your version, it's fine. It's going to be read to you in the NIV. And for the next 12 minutes... Some person on the YouVersion app is going to read to you the book of 1 John, all five chapters. All five chapters. And what I want you to do is follow it along on your phone, follow it along in the Bible, and this person is going to read to you. Now, before we do, let's pray. Whenever we, ask, whenever we read the word, ask God to speak to us. So, Father, we ask as we read your word now, as it's read to us, that you would minister to us, that you would help us to understand it, and that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing. At the end of this, we're going to have an open mic. And it's a bit risky to do open mics, I know, in a group of people this size, but we're going to risk it anyway. And what we're going to do is give you an opportunity to share what God has said to you in the next 12 minutes. Now, this is an opportunity. This is not, this is not, this is not an opportunity for you to stand up and preach your favorite topic or, or present your agenda. It's not that. This is simply an opportunity, as we read God's word, what did God highlight to you? What did God challenge you about? This is a personal thing. As we, we're going to read it, 12 minutes, and at the end, what did God speak to you? We're going to give you an opportunity for people to share, and I reckon this is going to be pretty cool. We're listening to the NIV on the recording. So if you want to go NIV, that will match up with the best way. Sarah, are we ready? The letter of 1 John, chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. 1 John 2 My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. And there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, 
just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. 1 John 3 See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in Him and He in them, and this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. 1 John 4 Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. 1 John 5 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which He has given about His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. 
Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. So spend a minute or so in prayer. Just just where you're at, just bow your heads, talk to the Lord about what He what He's been saying to you, and then we'll open it up. So spend a few minutes with the Lord. Alrighty then. So what we're gonna do is um, this question here. What did God speak to you about? Um, I'd love to give you the opportunity to share briefly. I'm going to model what it looks like in a minute, but can I say this isn't about your agenda. It's not about you preaching what you want to preach. It's about what did God speak to you about? And so here's the model. Um, Particularly for me, it was 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So in that, God gives us our motivation in loving others. Because God loved me, that should be my motivation in loving others. Because my motivation can be lots of things. But what God's done should be my motivation. Someone else? Don't be afraid. Come on, Mel. I think what really jumped out to me at the very end is like it goes through this whole book love, sinfulness, blah, 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 blah. And then at the very end, out of nowhere, it says, dear children, keep yourself from idols. And that stuck to me because before that, God was speaking to me about the two things. Number one, um, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, he'll forgive us our sins. Because chapter three, it started with that and then went on to chapter three saying, if you keep on sinning, So he gave us saying, if you keep on sinning, you've got something to go back to. And then it said about perfect love casts out fear. It didn't say love casts out fear, because love can be anybody. It can be Dave, it can be your family, it can be that, and that will give you temporary relief of fear. The only real relief of fear and anxiety and whoever God is, is God's perfect love to us. So I think what stuck out to me saying, well, if you go to idols, there's no power in idols. None of this whole book applies to you if you're sticking with idols because there is no power, there's no freedom, there's no nothing in idols. There is only freedom if you believe this in Jesus.
Someone else? Yay, Trace. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for me it was 4 verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Mm, that was it. I'm getting a lot. Cool. Someone else? Yeah, I was pretty much going to share what Tracy um, just shared, the um, 1 John 4, starting verse 1. I'll carry from verse 2 because I highlighted a few verses. It says, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And um, something that I've really been thinking about throughout this week is um, intrapersonal communication and how we speak to ourselves and how our thoughts can really affect um, what we think of ourselves um, and um, really just paying attention to the lies that come into our minds, that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, um, and catching those and actually recognising, well, that's not the Spirit of God. And if you scroll down... To verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. All those lies that we're telling us, that they're not from God, they're from the enemy. He's wanting to bring us down. He's wanting us to not believe in ourselves. He's wanting to um, separate us from God's truth and what God says about us. Um, so that's what really stood out to me. Someone else? Come on, men. Where's all men? Thank you, Dave. Who's ever felt a bit flat? You know, you look at your mobile phone and you say, oh, the charger's down. I actually wrote on my note paper this morning, I said, oh, if I'm a battery, I'm at about 20% right now. So anyway, um, but in the first chapter, there's a verse there that I'd, I've had memorised for a long time, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Well, that's really good. I like that. It's nice. But then I just, the bit about, hey, what's, what's God saying today, was before that it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. And just the thing that spoke to me this morning, walking in the light, walking in the light. You just got to walk in it. You just got to get out there and walk in the light. And that's what spoke to me. Someone else? Fimo. Thanks, Hannah. So the verse that jumped out at me was in chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And of course, words and speech are great. I'm a words of affirmation kind of person. But we need to love, put love into action. It's not good enough to sit and, you know, think nice things. You actually have to go out and do I love how it's the same Bible we've all read it, but God highlights different things to different people. Another person? Yeah, come on. Throw a hand. Steve. Uh, just in chapter one, um, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I think that when we're talking to people in the world, I, I think we can tell them about Jesus, but then they think, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. And that's, 
not an agenda, but this is something I'm passionate about because this is what God tells us. And so I think that's a stepping stone to identify things are broken with people, that everything's not okay, we've done the wrong thing, and bad things have happened to us. And I think that when we're walking people through the scripture, it can, that can shine a light for them. That can be the first step for them. That's what I said about the Bible reading us. The Bible shows us who we are. It's good. Someone else? Two more. Yes. I knew you were going to be next, Marcelo. Come on down, brother. Who else has got it? Um, the one that stood out for me, it says in a... First John 4, um, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test a spirit to see whether are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So it's amazing to see that in the scriptures, because I would... Try this one. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I always look this uh, this verse and I'm thinking about like, you know, for example, if you, you know, having a fruit, like, you know, an orange, and we taste that fruit, and you know if it's sour or sweet, and um, somebody else is looking at you and asking, well, what's the taste of that fruit? Said, oh, it's sour, or it can be, you know, because you are the one that's testing, you know, so once you test the love of God, the power of God, it's the same thing. That's only you that knows the joy that means. And the person is wondering what is that. And you have so much joy in your heart, you know. So, and that's the way as well that you can prevent yourself, you know, against the, the arrows of the enemy trying to attack you, trying to keep you down, I mean, because you know the joy that you can have in the Lord. Yeah, thank you. That's right. That's to you. That's beautiful. One more. Yeah, come on, Voltaire, last one. So the one that stood out for me is um, chapter 4, verse 9. Um, this is a really good one because it says that um, God showed his love through his son, Jesus Christ, not only for atoning for our sins, but also it's actually um, a way of grounding ourselves when things are bad to live like Jesus Christ. And that, I think, is the most important thing because through him, a setting an example, you can throw things away and really like let things go and leave it up to, to God and just walk the way that Jesus Christ has walked. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.